FYI, and I don't mean fake news, this podcast contains huge spoilers. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 288 of the podcast that goes snicked. I'm your host, Jason, Flying Boots Venable, and I'm joined once again by podcast legend, John Spider Etiquette Wilson. Hey John. Podcast legend, you know, I was, <laughs> I was on a show with Michael Bailey recently, and he introduced me as my podcasting friend for the better part of a decade. And I was like, what? <laughs> no, that's nuts, there's right? no way. But yeah, it's been, it's been a long time. Yeah. And of course we'll, uh, we'll do some more official plugs at the end, but, um, you may recognize John's voice most recently from the make ours Marvel podcast, which has been recently. Woo-hoo. Yeah. Which is by the way, a great show. Um, you know, it's funny because, and I won't won't dwell on this too long, but um, I think I'd heard Kaiser on a couple of random things here and there, but and it's gonna sound bad, but it's gonna turn out really good. Um, <laughs> I I hadn't had as, I guess as much exposure, never really connected to him. I've really connected to him on this show. Like I, I really like him a lot, and y'all y'all are a great team. Um, and you know, one of the things I've always liked about you, John, in particular, and also the show with both of you is just how disarming it is. Um, my favorite podcasts about comics are when I don't feel like people are talking to me, they're talking with me. And I've oh, yeah. all, always felt that about y'all's show. And, um, and I hope that, you know, listeners to this show get maybe a little bit of that every now and then. Um, that's that's an aspiration. But anyway, yeah, it's been a really fun show. Um, so if you haven't checked it out yet, like I said, we'll have some official plugs later but go find it on twitter itunes whatever make ours marvel is is the bee's knees well thank you i appreciate that i always wanted to be the uh, bending part of a insect supporting <laughs> limb right gotta keep that exoskeleton up <laughs> nice and chitinous <laughs> right <laughs> Yes. Hey, yeah. I hear we're uh, we're doing some presenting of Marvel Comics today. We are, yeah. We're having a flashback episode that's going to focus on the celebration of Marvel Comics Presents' fiftieth episode or fiftieth issue. I guess would be the right way to say that. Um, and so we're just going to do a quick little story, a little three-parter that focuses on uh, Wolverine and Spider-Man, and then I'll have a little bit of bonus coverage at the end. But um, it's interesting because and. John, you probably know more about this, so correct me if you're, I'm, I'm wrong, but I feel like this is Eric Larson's first time to write Spider-Man. I mean, he's been drawing him just a little bit and amazing at this point, mm-hmm. but had not written him any yet, and so he does he does both in this story. Yeah, uh, he does do the writing as well as the penciling, and I'm not certain, but he might not have been doing any writing before oh, this. Cool. All right. Um, he does Spider-Man, whenever he comes on the, um, the just Spider-Man comic right. in a couple of years, he does write those issues. Right. And he scripts a human torch story from Marvel comics presents. But other than that, I mean, 
Savage Dragon is where, of course, he's known as being a writer slash artist. Right, right. But he didn't do a whole lot of writing before that. And these Spider-Man stories are the big exceptions. Yeah, yeah. I wonder sometimes, you know, you get these anthology books. I wonder how much of that is like Marvel throwing him a bone. You know what I mean? Like, um, hey, you're one of our up-and-coming like superstar artists. We heard you want to write a little bit. How about you do this little story in an MCP? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Kind of stretch your writing legs and see how it goes. Yeah. Interesting. And it's not bad. No. It's a little bit off. We'll talk about it as we go here, but <laughs> it's not bad. No, no I think it's, it actually works out okay. Um, all right, so setting the stage just a little bit um, in our flashback timeline, uh, Spider-Man and Wolverine have had a pretty limited um, encounter. Of course, they had the, the thing in Europe. Uh, with the Spider-Man versus Wolverine comic, um, and haven't really just crossed paths a whole lot since then. Um, but here they're gonna meet in New York, and remember, at this point in time, uh, the X-Men, including Wolverine, are still presumed dead. And that's gonna definitely play a part in this story. So, um, yeah. So we'll start off with issue number forty-eight. Uh, this whole story is called Life's End. Um, we mentioned is written and penciled by Eric Larson. It'll also be inked by Joe Rubenstein with letters by Jade Meany and colors by Gregory Wright. And I think that is the same on all three. Yes, it is. All right. So get that out of um, the way. And number 48, John, what do we have on this cover here? Well, on the cover, we have just a big classic mid-air um, encounter between Wolverine <laughs> and Spider-Man. Like Spider-Man swinging on a web, and Wolverine is—I don't know if he's jumping out of a helicopter or you know a really tall like London bus or something. Somehow, Wolverine is in the sky. Well, it's because his boots can fly on this cover. And you remember you the, know, old, the old Flying Nun TV show? <laughs> like that, that's what he's got on his boots. <laughs> <laughs> that is now my headcanon his, his, his boot foils can fly yes. that's that's the way things are um, <laughs> so of course it has a big wolverine logo and then it says versus spider-man enough said and it's it's i mean it's it's eric larson doing eric larson what eric larson does best both characters look great i mean wolverine's you know, all his various fins off of his face and off of his legs are maybe a bit on the large side. Right. Um, but his figure work is great. Yeah, no, it's very dynamic. Um, and he gets away with not drawing a background by giving it little watery dots and putting birds on it. So it's, it's <laughs> there you go. <laughs> at some point, the sky uh, bleeds into the water and you, you just you don't really need to know when. <laughs> And if you can look really, really far, you can see Europe back there because the earth is flat. <laughs> True. <laughs> yeah. And on the, okay. on the opposite side of the cover, we do have a sex bot wasp. <laughs> so, um, anyway. <laughs> well, you know, Jan's got to stay busy. Right. The 90s. <laughs> yeah. Just barely, though, because this came out February 20th, 1990. So these yeah. issues are... Um, end of February into March. And I, yeah, I don't know what the wasp is wearing there, but she needs to change clothes. Um, 
Okay, so getting into part one of the story, it is called Life's End, like you said, and the first part is called Fist Fight. Um, Spider-Man is swinging along, doing whatever Spider-Man does, and he's thinking about his life. He's thinking about his life and all the crazy amounts of coincidences there have been, such as the fact that, um, you know, his best friend, Harry Osborn, is trying to be the Green Goblin, and that Mary Jane and Harry used to date, and Flash and Harry's wife, Liz, used to date, and I used to date Liz, and now Liz is related to the Molten Man, <laughs> and Harry's dad was the Green Goblin, and Flash saw Betty Brent, who I also used to date, and she's married to the Hobgoblin, which I still don't know if I buy, and all this other stuff, and he's swinging around, and who does he see? Whom does he see? He sees Wolverine on the um, roof of a building, but it's not Wolverine, because, well, of course, Wolverine is dead. So Spider-Man lands and decides to attack this strange person who is dressed as Wolverine. Some um, poor Wolverine cosplayer gets handed to him. Right? You get the body <laughs> funk and the fur and everything. It's it's pretty great cosplay. <laughs> uh, the fight is short-lived because, of course, this is really Wolverine. And Spider-Man wises up pretty quickly and says, um, so you've got those big claws and you look like Wolverine and you act like Wolverine. You must be a Wolverine. So what's up? And Wolverine's like, hey, um, there's a girl. She's been kidnapped. She's being held in the warehouse that I'm staring at. And Wolverine, and Spider-Man turns around and, <gasps> coincidence number 32. It is the <laughs> warehouse where his uncle's killer went in Amazing Fantasy 15. So he cornered the guy in you know, the, the classic scene where um, he punches the guy out and sees it. It's the face of his own, of the guy that he could have stopped in the hallway that one time. He's like, oh, my gosh, it's the same warehouse. What does this mean? What does it mean? Probably nothing. So I guess we're <laughs> going to go inside, yeah? And um, So Wolverine says, yeah. So she's been kidnapped by some evil mutants. They also have her father so they can, like, you know, coerce her into doing what they want. We don't know what her power levels are or even what her power types are. Uh, and they're like, okay, well, let's go do that. So they sneak into the warehouse and sneak, sneak, sneak. Oops, they don't sneak well enough because a gun ends up aimed at Wolverine's face. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so I want to start off and talking a little bit, just a tiny bit about the Spider-Man image that is on the um, first page of this comic. Yeah. Um, pretty damn awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's fantastic. And the backgrounds are really detailed penciled, but for some reason they like whitewashed it and it's just like blue lines on white. Yeah. That's interesting choice because you could tell Larson spent a lot of time and they just kind of minimized it. (laughs) Yeah. But his Spider-Man, Eric Larson has a thing he does with Spider-Man in order to show the, um, three-dimensional roundness of his head, Eric Larson would always do this little rainbow of hashes across Spider-Man's forehead, which was kind of to show the curvature of the head. Now, what this colorist does, what Gregory Wright does, but so many colorists so often don't do, is he actually changes the gradient of the red at that point on the mask. That's pretty cool. So you have a... You have a brighter red above the above the little hashes and a darker red below, which makes the hashes not a weird rainbow of lines, but a transition area. 
without the change of color, it's a really weird aspect. It's kind of like Batman's mask <laughs> and how the front of it used to always be colored darker than the rest because right. it was supposed to be a shadow. Yeah. But it eventually just became he has a black panel on the front of his mask. Right. And that's how you end up with the Adam West mask that's like in two pieces. <laughs> right. Right. Which is weird. Right. Anyways. Now, this is uh, it's a great opening page. Like you flip this open. And you're like, OK, Spider-Man is awesome. Um, he's just flying through the city. And, you know, it's, it's, it's funny because similar to McFarlane before him. You know, there's a very specific aesthetic to kind of 90s Spider-Man webbing. Um, and Larson just nails the hell out of it. Always has. Um, just love the way his webbing is just nuts all the time. And this is my aesthetic. This is what I grew up with. Yeah, Because I started uh, buying Amazing Spider-Man, Eric Larson was the penciler. Yeah. It was only a few months after this, later this year, that I started buying Amazing Spider-Man. Um, and like you said, he's just kind of gotten into his run at this point. So, um, you know, he's definitely had his practice on the character and he's, he's doing a great job here. Yeah. So what do you think of this, this opening monologue, if you will, do you think Larson, (laughs) (laughs) you think he's embracing like the rich history of spider stories or you think he's kind of having a go at it? Cause I can't really tell. See, it's weird, and this is the part where I was going to talk about how the writing is kind of weird in this story. Eric Larson pulls out a lot – now, okay, let me back up. This first page feels like a catch-up on everything that's going on in Spider-Man's life. You don't know who Spider-Man is? We do now. (laughs) Right. But over the course of the story, he brings out and emphasizes all these coincidences, and it feels like he's having a go, but Spider-Man seems to be having a really hard time with it. And there's a moment between him and Mary Jane where it all just overwhelms him, but I don't really feel like I was there with him. Right. Yeah. Because it just felt like he was having a go the whole time. Yeah. Well, and it's weird, too, because I don't know how much Savage Dragon you've read, but he apes, not in a bad way, but I mean, his his character is a savage dragon, very melodramatic, very lots of connections and coincidences, just like Spider-Man. A different kind of character, but that same kind of, I don't know, call it the, uh, the G.I. Joe conundrum where everybody relates back to the central character. You know, like in G.I. Joe, everything eventually goes back to Snake Eyes. And, the hard master, the soft master, yeah. snake eyes, and all that, yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, even to the point where Cobra Commander's brother was in the accident that killed Snake Eyes family, and, you know, Zard, yeah, anyway. Um, and Spider Man kind of has that same thing where everything is so coincidental, it kind of hurts sometimes. But if Larson was having a go at it, he sure was quick to adapt it <laughs> when he started his own stories. So I, I'm not sure. It, I couldn't tell how much of it was him trying to find his story legs and how much of him was taking a jab at, you know, I don't know. I don't know what kind of, what kind, you know what kind of relationship him and Michelini had? I have no idea. Yeah, me either. Okay. All right. Um, you know, the, there's the X-Men podcast out there that Jay and Miles do where they always start with America's favorite superhero soap opera. I feel like Spider-Man is probably the second favorite <laughs> superhero soap opera. Like, his entire life is all of his supporting cast doing mind bogglingly batshit things. Right. 
just over and over again, um, you know, his best friend, Harry was introduced by the creators of the comic to be the son of a supervillain. And then later on you get the supervillain revealed and, Oh my gosh, it's my best friend's dad. <laughs> right. Um, so that soap opera esque element has been there from the very early oh, days yeah. of the character. Definitely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's a great first page. And then he sees Wolverine and I love his reaction that that's not Wolverine. Wolverine's dead. Why is there a guy dressed as Wolverine on the, on the, on the roof of that building? Cause that's exactly what you would think. Right. He's dead. Why would somebody be dressed up like him on a building? Yeah. And he's very quick to like defend his honor. Like, Hey, you can't do this. <laughs> right. Right. I, mean, I fought with this guy one time. I'm not going to take this. <laughs> uh, that is an awesome image of Wolverine crouching on the rooftop, by the way. Also. Um, yes, that is a great Wolverine. Yeah. It's, it's pretty rad. Um, Oh, oh I, I missed one thing before we get too far ahead. Yeah. On that top panel of that second page. Um, you know, I used to do a show back in the day called Amazing Spider-Man Classics. Yeah. And one of the two guys who was on that show with me, uh, Donovan Grant, um, he and the other guy who was on the show with me, Josh Bertoni, were having a debate over whether or not Flash Thompson and Liz Allen dated. Because if you go strictly by what you see on the pages, they never really go on a date. But if you, you know, read the conversations of the characters, it's very easy to infer that there's a lot of stuff going on between the issues. Well, they, they were an item in Flash's mind, right? It's kind of at least, at least. Yeah. But here, Peter man, Peter man, Peter just, uh, confirms it for us. Flash and I both dated Harry's wife. Um, Oh yeah. Liz. So, Wait, I'm on the wrong thing. Never mind. I might I might have just made the wrong point. It was Flash and Gwen. It was Flash and Gwen. You know what? If you want to, you can either leave that in, maybe sound like no, a no, 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 you're, no, you're absolutely you right. He says out. Flash and I both dated Harry's wife Liz in the second thought bubble, right by his face. Okay, but yeah. I think I was getting that confused with a Gwen dating. Because Flash and Gwen did Flash and Gwen ever date? Oh, oh, you mean in the argument you were, okay, I'm not sure. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, so I'm uh, sorry, that whole thing was about <laughs> a different thing, and meanwhile, meanwhile, hey, Wolverine is lighting up a cigarette. Yeah, after, <laughs> so, <laughs> I can't tell, again, if this is just fun Wolverine, or <laughs> fun at Wolverine's expense, but, um, the Spider-Man literally breaks, like, the roof by punching it with a walk. And Wolverine jumps out of the way and just lights a cigarette and says, what's all the hubbub, bub? <laughs> what's all the hubbub, bub? Yeah. I can't tell if he's stuttering. <laughs> and Spider-Man does the um, oh, man. I classic love... early 90s eye squint thing. I love that. I, I they never that. did it before. Larson and, and McFarlane started that. Yeah. That's... Yeah. Oh, man. That... That takes me back. I used, I, that, oh, yeah. Yeah. The way they played, those two guys in particular, and to an extent Bagley as well, the way they played with Spider-Man's mask is just, it's it's next level. It's good stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So we get another bub. So we get if you count hub bub, you get three bubs on one page. Um <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's like bub and then he goes to the next page, you made a big mistake. Yeah. Which that's another awesome panel of Wolverine kind of backhanding Spider Man with a cigarette in his mouth. <laughs> yeah, it's what I like about it is how it's mid motion. Yeah. You know? Neither one of those characters is in an action pose. They're both moving. Yeah. That's Larson like, for you. Super dynamic. Um, yeah. Wolverine is just backhanded Spider-Man and it's kind of like, you know, he's falling backwards, about to recover his balance while Spider-Man is flying across the room. Right. And then Spider-Man lunges with a nice punch and we get a super awesome snicked <laughs> uh, right in Spider-Man's face. And I think that's where Spider-Man starts to realize that things are not what he thought they were. Right. Yeah. We got the official snicked. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that's pretty great. Um, yeah. Um, the the only part this this sequence loses me a little bit is this bottom panel with, with come to Papa and Liefeld-esque hip dysplasia. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. His legs are really coming out of there, aren't they? Yeah. But uh, d- healing factor helps dislocated hips, right? I, I'm, I'm going to go with yes. All right. <laughs> that, that seems like a good way to use that. Yeah. Um, and then Spider-Man has a lot of thought. I like how we kind of have like a lot of thought process of him coming to the idea of Wolverine maybe being alive. Now, he does say that he has – oh, wait, no, that's another part of another issue. Um so he's like, I must be going bananas, but you're the real thing, aren't you? I thought you were dead. And I hear that all he, the time, Bob. <laughs> he beats himself up, but I, I feel like it's totally justified. You know, instead of beating himself up, he'd be like, I, I think he'd be like angry at Wolverine. Like, I mourned you. I'm, you know, I thought you were dead. I was sad. Right. And you're alive. What's up with that? I, yeah, I read this as more, uh, again, as Larson kind of having to go at the heroes fighting heroes thing mm-hmm. um, than an actual character moment, which is a little troublesome, I think, because I think when you when the characters start feeling like they're just mouthpiecing for your own criticism and not what they're actually feeling, I think that becomes a little troublesome. But I don't know. The Wolverine looks cool on the ledge again, so I guess it's okay. Yeah, yeah, he does. He, he's he's definitely posing there in a short man brooding position. <laughs> We've talked before about like the um, the anatomy of a short person and how it, it takes some care to get it right, and that's definitely a short man. Yeah, no, that looks good. That looks good. Um, and then we have the warehouse, and Spider Man continues to think about all the uh, the coincidences in his life. My ex roommate, now landlord, Harry Osborn, taking up the Green Goblin guys after his father died. I can believe that. Harry's shrink taking up the role. I can swallow that. Aunt May almost marrying Doc Ock. I can buy. Aunt May sleeping with J. Jonah Jameson's father. I can believe. <laughs> Spoilers. <laughs> Me walking in on them. But right. this. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Oh goodness. Yeah, and then of but, course, it's, but it's just a warehouse. Yeah, team up. Um, yeah. Anything else on this this first part? Um, I think I'm good. 
All right. Cool. Well, number 49 has a cover with, oh, about a thousand spider webs on it. And <laughs> um, a great shadowy Spider-Man and a Wolverine who is ready to fight but is also scratching his toe. Um <laughs> gotta get that real quick. It's hard to get it through the fabric. I gotta pull this thing off. Right. <laughs> Hold this, bub. Hands some his knives. Yeah. Um, but Wolverine on this one is really rocking the uh, is W of a Wolverine bub headdress. Um, his head makes a very distinct W. <laughs> yeah. And the um, the foils on it, I, I give him credit for having the reverse foil on the back leg there. Yeah. The one like upside down and we're seeing it from the backside. You don't always remember to do that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. And yeah, Spider-Man is nicely inked. Yeah, being, that's really um, cool. The light source being above them and everything beneath the, beneath him being in shadow. So like um, his belly, since he's hunched over, is all in shadow. Yeah, it's a it's a pretty rad cover. These first two. And it says on the cover, and wait until you see whom they're up against. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Not to spoil ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Right. All right. So basically, Wolving and Spidey find the captive mutant and her dad, but run into critical mass, whiplash, bloodlust, a savage dragon teaser, and random gunman number forty-eight, who will. Next issue turned out to not be so random, but in this one, uh, John probably put it together. I, it took me till issue 50 to put it together. Um, but anyway, uh, Whiplash fights Spidey and Bloodlust fights Wolvie until Savage Dragon threatens the dad so the kid wipes out our heroes. That's about it. <laughs> That's about it. Yeah. Um, so one thing Larson... It's a lot of fighting fighting Stein. Yeah, yeah, lots of fighting in this one. Um... Yeah, I really, I, I'm a pretty big Larson fan for art. Um, I think it, it holds up pretty well. Um, I think his Wolverine, you know, we've talked about the kind of exaggerated fins. The only thing I'm not really crazy about Wolverine is how spread apart his claws can get sometimes. I, they, get, mm-hmm. they get really, like, kind of crazy claw um, at points. But other than that... Um, Really, really enjoyed the art here. Um, yeah, so we meet our bad guys. Anything you want to say before we meet the bad guys? Um, there's one line I'm watching for, but he doesn't say. Yeah, he does say, I'm hoping to get home in time for some Mary Jane's ugh, tuna casserole. And I'm thinking, <laughs> are you hoping to get home for that? It almost sounded like it was going to be innuendo until we got to the UG, hoping to get home in time for some of Mary Jane's um, tuna casserole. Right. But that was an UG, not an UM, so it sounds like disgust. Right, yeah. I don't know, maybe she hasn't been doing good hygiene. I don't know. Uh, I don't want to follow that trail too far. Um, We're going to keep on going there. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, we get to the bad guys, and this is my one biggest qualm with this comic. This 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 story, this this arc, is these bad guys, because every single one of them is a not someone else. Yeah, we have a not Savage Dragon, aka not Triton. Yeah, true. Yeah, we have a not the Blob. Right. 
We have a not Lady Deathstrike. We have a not the burglar. We have uh, a not Omega Red, but Omega Red didn't exist yet. So <laughs> right. I don't know. That's just weird. Yeah. And and only three of these even have names. Like in the entire story, only three of these guys ever get a name. And that's Critical Mass, Bloodlust, and Whiplash. You know, Bloodlust gonna... and Whiplash do happen to come back later, but everyone else dies. Right. Yeah. So it's interesting you mentioned that because a couple of noteworthy Thing. Well, first of all, we also have not Scarecrow as the hostage, <laughs> right? right. Um, but so, so we mentioned kind of uh, this is right around the time we both got into Amazing. So, the first issue I ever bought off the stands was Amazing three forty, which features the Femme Fatales and Bloodlust right. and Whiplash will end up on that team, and so it was interesting to see their first appearance here. Um, and I saw their their next story whenever they attack again while Peter Parker is powerless. Right. Like yeah. In, in part three of that story, they 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 tear uh, Black Cat up a new one. Right. Which is interesting because Bloodlust has a lot of Black Cat going on. Um, she is kind of like a cross between um, Black Cat and Lady Deathstrike. I feel like. Right. Um, you know, the other thing I thought was interesting. Um, is it Whiplash's glove? It looks like Wolverine, but the claws just went all bendy. Right. They're like tendrils, which is why I made me think of Omega Red, but you're right. There are three of them. That's wolverine Yeah. And the other thing I was going to ask you if you knew anything about. So if you look at the, the Marvel wiki, uh, this guy, this not Savage Dragon, not Triton guy, is listed as Savage Finn. Now, you're right. In the story, they never say that. So is that just a uh, a nod to oh well he later did Savage Dragon so we're gonna retro this guy to Savage Finn or was there something that's supposed to happen there do you know anything about this guy? Um, you know I don't, but now that you've mentioned it, I kind of want to do some googleage and, yeah. and see if we can figure it out. Yeah, I may I may uh, when we're done after we post the episode, I may tweet at Mister Larson and. See if he wants to divulge any information. Um, he sometimes does, sometimes doesn't. <laughs> his, his interaction it's, depends on what mood he's in, I think. <laughs> oh, but it's interesting because... Um, so speaking of these characters, these Finn Fatale characters, so it's funny how my podcast can go in circles sometimes. So in the current episodes, we're doing uh, this Hunt for Wolverine miniseries is... And the newest one is Mystery of Madripoor. And an upgraded or, I guess, new rendition of the Femme Fatale show up. Oh. And so I'm reading them in old comics and new comics. But what I thought was funny is so Jim Zub, who's the writer of that story, tweeted at Eric Larson and said, Hey, look at these cool redesigns that my artist did for Eric Larson's old characters. And Eric Larson tore him a new one and said, I don't like these at all. Why did you tag me in this? Why did you think I'd be flattered by these terrible designs? I worked so hard on these characters and y'all messed them up. I understand that I gave them over to the company, but still, why do I want to know about this? And I thought it was really funny because he can be so cranky sometimes. <laughs> it's fun to kind of watch and yeah, see where he goes I off on. I guess I can see how his, from his perspective, he worked really hard on their designs, but from a reader's perspective, they just seem so derivative. 
They do. Of so many of so many things we've seen before. Yeah. Um. And yeah, they do stick. They do come back as, as part of the Femme Tales with a. There's a third like bruiser character. I forget her they name. Are I knockout her and mind blast. Oh, are there four of yeah. them? Okay. Yeah. So mind blast um, is a, a pink girl with a brain inside an invisible head, and then knockout, oh, that's right. Knockout is basically um. Big big girl Colossus kind of. She has like cybernetic arms and legs or something. I don't yeah, and she's got like a picture with dreads. Yeah, but cyber like they're in, like they're metal in dreads. Some sort of like cybernetic dreads. Yeah. yeah. Weird. Um, another coincidence, though, because Critical Mass turns out to be his fourth grade classmate, Arnie Gunderson, who <laughs> has gained weight. And he's like voted most likely to become an overweight, obnoxious, evil mutant, as I recall. Who'd have thunk it? The kid outdid himself. So it's just like. It's, it is hard to read exactly what Eric Larson is trying to do there. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. But, um, no. <laughs> Again, it's like, well, does he, does he think this is good storytelling or does he think it's shit storytelling? And he's, I don't, I just don't know what he's trying to do. Um, I don't have a whole lot to say about the fight until we get to the last page. It's a pretty great fight. Um, especially the Bloodlust Wolverine fight is pretty. Yeah, action-packed. Um, Spider-Man she slashes him across the chest. Yeah, Spider-Man kind of mixes it up with everybody else. Um, you know, the only other kind of note I had, uh, we get the wide-out page, but um, maybe I'm just a product of my times, and or maybe I've just grown up. I don't know, but it seemed like a lot of the the fat jokes were a little mean and felt like in poor taste in current climate <laughs> Sp- yeah. especially from spider-man like nowadays if you were going to get that it'd be like the bad guy like being just rude but spider-man is you know wants to protect everybody he's just kind of being mean to the guy um but in a different time i guess and okay so the guy who is holding the gun on the father looks <laughs> Uh, he looks just like the burglar from Amazing yes. Fantasy 15. And I think that's intentional, but then ne- it, I don't feel like it really lands. I guess we get to the, I guess we get to the, the payoff next issue. Right. Um, but it, spoilers, he's not actually connected to the burglar. He's just dressed the same way for a gag. Is he not? Okay. We'll, we'll talk about that then. Cause I read that a little bit differently. Maybe, maybe you know, I'm willing to be wrong, but that's that's the way. I, yeah, we'll talk yeah. about it in a minute. Um, and I hate to feel like I'm slagging off on this issue because there, it's a very simple story, right? And it's really fun to read. But if you pay attention to the dialogue, it's just there's like these little bits that keep going. What? <laughs> what? Right. And the villain looks her. I mean. If the villain looks weren't so derivative, the whole thing would be a lot better because, I mean, the, the action with them is pretty great. Right. Um, mysterious Daughter does some sort of mind blast that knocks out our heroes until next issue. Yeah, it's a cool image. I mean, it's all all white and yellowish. So Image. Hey. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Foreshadowing. That's three years away. <laughs> I guess two, two years away, two and a half. Okay. 
Ready for 50? Yeah, the big number 50. Now, when they get to 100, they're going to make like a really big deal out of that issue. But issue 50 is just four more stories. Comet Man gets the first part of something. Yeah. Captain Ultra, whoever that is, gets a one-shot from Scott Lobdell. And Silver Surfer gets a one-shot from, from Ed Simmons. Um, but Wolverine uh, Part 3 of Life's End is called Breaking Point. It opens up with our heroes sprawled on the floor while Critical Mass cackles maniacally <laughs> and practices his supervillain monologuing. Um, the not-burglar wants to kill Spider-Man for what he did to my brother. Um, Savage Finn is like, get used to this little girl. Killing's our business. It's your first day on the job. So they're planning to use the daughter for like nefarious purposes. They want to bend her and break her and make her a bad person. Right. So Wolverine's done. He leaps off the ground, goes to town with his claws all over um, bloodlust. Spider-Man, <laughs> the first shot of Spider-Man, he looks like he's been thrown across the room, but he's also jumping. He's just doing it very awkwardly. <laughs> he's just very horizontal. <laughs> and they slowly and and, and, methodically take out all the bad guys um except the critical mass has a gun and blasts um wolverine with it then spider-man taps the burglar and we get two panels that are identical to amazing fantasy 15 where he knocks the guy out and then has him by the lapels as his face is kicked back and you would expect to see two little white, two little black dots in his, in his um, <laughs> eyepiece, but they're not there. Uh, he says, that, that face, it's, oh no, it can't be. It's my dentist. Oh, you're right. Okay. So I got confused because I tried to connect this to the first page. So the well, guy's his brother, right? Yeah. So his brother, when he said that face, I was like, oh, it's like the twin brother to the guy. And then the twin brother is his dentist. <laughs> he just never noticed before. But no, I think you're right. I think he's just randomly and a dentist. Maybe, uh, maybe Peter Parker's dentist is brother to the burglar. <laughs> but but that it, particular fact never lands. Right. And he wouldn't have noticed that before now, I would think. Right. He's wearing the same type clothing as the guy who shot my Uncle Ben. Right. I'm, ass um, I'm assuming that face of that burglar is permapressed in his memory. Yeah. So maybe they're brothers. Maybe they're not. Um, we don't really ever find out. <laughs> uh, Savage Finn has Mary by the throat and pulls a gun on her. And says, you know what? Stop fighting. It's all over. Leave us alone. Get out of here. Or I'm going to kill the girl. And the girl freaks out. No. And she explodes the entire place where they are. And everybody dies. We, these, we see four zapped skeletons. Despite the fact that two of these characters are going to live to another story. Um, <laughs> Spider-Man is blown free. Wolverine is blown free. Or at least has a healing factor. And then we get a panel of him back home we forgot to mention at the very very beginning of the fight he strings his camera up and so on his pictures there's no shots of wolverine he never sees um 
Arnie's face, the the critical mass's face. He doesn't see his dentist on the on the record on the image the photographs. So he's wondering if all of the crazy coincidences of the night were all in his mind, like some crazy dream. And, and he's like going on and on about this and how it's too much and too many people and too many coincidences. Is it me, Mary Jane? I don't think I can take anymore. Not you, Mary Jane. I couldn't take that. You're the one chunk of reality for me to hang on to. I'll never turn you over to Mephisto. <laughs> Oops. And he's like, I don't know who to trust. I don't know what's real anymore. And she comforts him and, and it's played straight other, other than her boobs, which are, Unreasonably obnoxious. Eric Larson for you. It's all played perfectly straight. And so it's a weird bit of drama. And then we get a final page where Wolverine has gotten the, the father and the daughter. And evidently the father used to be Billy Batson, Captain Marvel, and the daughter is Mary. Oh. And he sends them off to go be the Becks, CC Beck and, and family and somewhere else. And it's a really weird gag to land on. But he basically sends these two people off in it with new identities to live new lives. Okay. I'm glad you got that. Because I was trying to think. How this relates to Captain America. <laughs> I was like, I don't, I don't get it. I don't know who Mr. Beck is. So who's Mr. Beck? You said C.C. Beck. Who's that? C.C. Beck is, um, okay, come back to that question in two seconds. Okay, cool. Yeah. I, I'm pretty sure I know, but I want to make sure I give you the right information. <laughs> well, while you're there, we can talk about how Wolverine suddenly, for no reason, looks completely different in his civvies. Um, it's like an old, like, Asian gardener. Um for no reason on that last page. Yeah. 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 That was weird. Okay. CC Beck was the um, original cartoonist on Captain Marvel. Okay. Um, All right. He had previously created a concept called Captain Thunder, um, slightly modified it for the first release of Wiz comics to Captain Marvel. And um, anytime somebody says holy moly in a comic book, I'm looking for a Captain Marvel connection. And then he says, I'm an orphan, remember? And he says, time for me to move on, Captain. So long, Mr. Beck. And Mary is, of course, Mary Marvel, a nod to that aspect of the Captain. But it's it's really out of nowhere. Yeah. And it doesn't look anything like Beck. So Interesting. Okay, well, I'm glad you knew that because I was completely scratching my head. Oh, you know, what it might be inspired by, C.C. Beck died in November of 1989. Oh, okay. It's just March of 1990. This might be Eric Larson's little nod and homage to a recently passed comic book great. Okay, gotcha. And if it's that, then I'll applaud it. It seems out of nowhere, but if you have that historical context, it feels right. right. No, that, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. So, um... Worth mentioning, you know, we mentioned that the X-Men are presumed dead. Uh, also remember that the curse or blessing, however you want to put it, that they're currently undetectable by technology. So that's why Wolverine was not in any of the pictures because... Oh, yeah, of course. You can't take a picture of him right now. Um, uh, doesn't really explain the faces. And then just the camera was just off. Um, 
which I felt like, you know, you talk about the, the, the last page is a weird landing. I felt like the second to last page was a mislanding. I felt like there was a really good germ of a story there of Peter kind of like losing it a little bit. Like, oh, am I am I really just dreaming all these coincidences up? This this tangled web I weave, you know, is it, is it am I going crazy? Like, is, have there been so many things gone wrong with my friends that I'm now like superimposing their faces on, on criminal bodies. You know, I, I think there's a, a good idea there, but maybe it's just, I don't know if it's just too many words and too short of an amount of time or what really makes it awkward, but it just doesn't quite, quite pan out the way maybe it could have over a longer story or something. I don't know. Yeah. It seems like, it seems like the inspiration, like, like the, the jumping off point for a story, like, having Peter mulling over all of the um, coincidences or having that be a thought process through a story that then leads into something else. You know, like if this were the end of one issue and then the next issue, there was some sort of payoff for it. Right. Yeah. Um, but as it is, it does just feel it does the lands weirdly. Yeah, it does for sure. Um, but the art is really cool throughout yeah. the final fight moves are really great. I love the scripting for broken nose, savage Finn. <laughs> yeah. And we get a, a nap times over double snicked, um, when they quit pay, playing possum. Um, you know, the cover is pretty cool. It's basically Eric Larson just running through the Marvel universe. Everybody he could think of, um, in the background, Who's this guy in the letterbox in the super rainbowy? Oh, that's usually one of the other. Usually, the letterbox is one of the other stories. So I'm gonna go with that being Captain Ultra. Oh, I bet whatever you're right. a, whatever a Captain Ultra is. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, you're right. It is. Yep. By day, he's a plumber. By night, he's a stand-up comedian. In between and on weekends, he's Captain Ultra, a man with the power to do anything better than you can. That sounds like a, a comedy strip. Yeah, it wasn't very funny. Um. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> but you're right. That's exactly who that is. But yeah, no. Um, yeah, overall, fantastic art. Um, you know, I, I know people like to swag on 90s art sometimes, but Larson's a guy that gets a pass from me. I, I think his stuff for the most part, holds up really, really well. It's just so action-packed. And I don't know. I just I, I, I have a soft spot for Eric Larson for sure. So I love this art a lot. Um, On the cover, do you think that's everyone who's been at Marvel Comics Presents? Oh, wow. Maybe. Because um, there's Puma, and he got a story. Yeah. Speedball's Namor. here. Yeah. Captain Britain Excalibur had a story. Hellcat. Colossus Nightcrawler had stories. There's uh, that girl who who was in the Old West. I don't remember her I name. See Beast. Yeah. Um, or that might be Werewolf, actually. Could be Ant Man down there. Um, Machine Man. Wow. Yeah, I bet you're right. Um, we have a nerdy watcher. I don't remember that, but it could be. <laughs> they could have just said, "Here's a list of everyone we've had stories about. Try to squeeze as many as you can." Interesting. Yeah. And we have the guy, um, I forget his name now. He was actually really fun. Uh, what's Spanish for Eagle? 
Do you remember Spanish? Oh, Aguila. Yeah, yeah, that guy. Um, yeah. Oh, and on the back, there's so many more. Yeah, U.S. agent thing, uh, Mystique, Greyhole. All the Avengers. Yeah, wow. The Eagle. No, the, uh, um, yeah, you just said the El Aguila. Yeah, that's him. Um, yeah, so I think that's the idea is that he's okay. trying to cover everyone who's been in the book. Well, that's pretty cool. And I like that Kitty's phasing through the title bar. Yeah, yeah. I love Kitty. Oh, I do too. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, um, go ahead. So, yeah, it, there was one line that I was looking for. Somewhere along the line, he talks, Spider-Man talks about how he's, having, how he's had clones. And it just kind of struck me because later on, having clones is going to be a very common joke because of just <laughs> how many clones he gets between 94 and 96. Right. But at this point, his clones are all a distant memory. His one clone, the one, was from way back in the 70s with the original quote-unquote clone saga. Yeah. He hasn't even had a doppelganger yet. That's Infinity War. That's still two <laughs> or three years away. So, Yeah, very interesting. But um, I think – I don't think I have anything else for the story. All right. Well, um. We uh, we talked beforehand and decided to uh, to give these a claw rating for the whole story. Um, where are you going to land, Mister Wilson? Solid art all the way through. Yeah. Um, the story is fun, but it's thin, and the writing is also fun, but occasionally made me go scratch my head right so i i can't really do anything other than four claws on this okay well we're gonna land in exactly the same spot um and for pretty much the same reason so oh, we should have found someone to be contrarian um <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh i agree pretty much wholesale um this this is about the art but the story's not bad just like you said a couple of weird spots um they don't really necessarily detract. It just, you're just kind of like, oh, I wonder why they did that. Um, so, yeah, four out of six claws for uh, Life's End. Um, well, before we go, and John, don't feel like you are needing to, to have done anything else. Um, just real quick, I'm going to talk about Amazing Spider-Man 337. Um, it's part of the Return of the Sinister Six story. I thought it was... Uh, Appropriate because it's Eric Larson's Spider-Man. It's a little bit later, but all we have is um, there's a scene of uh, Peter and Mary Jane walking down the street in New York, and uh, Wolverine, I mean, in a civvies, so Logan and Frank Castle are walking down the street singing, do I diddy diddy dum diddy do and... Bub. Hello? That was me saying Bub at the end of your oh, song. Bub. <laughs> I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah. From from my perspective, I said it right on B, but I know there's a little bit of a delay. That's why you can't do song <laughs> over. Uh... Right. <laughs> anyway, I, I thought it was interesting for a couple of different reasons. Um, first of all, I think it was just kind of fun because Eric Larson, kind of, I guess, his first, I mean, he had done like odds and ends, but kind of his first like consistent story was in The Punisher, um, right around issue 25. Um, where he kind of got his uh his Marvel go there. Um, 
So it's interesting that he pulled the Punisher in. Also, because Logan and Punisher have met once in Africa at this point. So you kind of feel like Wolverine's doing some mansplaining down there. <laughs> so he's probably still lecturing Punisher on the um, animal protection stuff from that storyline. Um, yeah, when I read this issue, I was like, why are they walking together? People will see them walking together and they'll say, oh, Wolverine and Punisher together because it's the 90s. Right. Hey, it's it's barely the 90s. Actually, this is, yeah, 1990 or so. But also, they've only met once before, so it's kind of weird. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. And you can say, well, Peter's probably never seen Logan without the, the cow. But also, he's so just enveloped in grief that he wouldn't have probably recognized him anyway. Um, right. Because it's right after uh, Aunt May had lost uh, Nathan, her fiancé. Um, and they just got back from the funeral. Um, I also thought it was interesting because we talked about several episodes ago... In Punisher 18, there's a very similar scene with Wasp Protatio where Punisher's walking down the street and at the bottom of the panel are Logan, Peter, and Kurt walking down the street. And I, I mean, it's a very similar panel. Um, so I don't know if there was some kind of like inside joke or if Larson just felt like, hey, I want to draw a couple of guys down here that I like or... You know, if Invertatio had like a, a bet going, like I, <laughs> I'd be really interested to know if there's some kind of story there. But this was really interesting. Um, yeah, so not a whole lot to say there. Uh, you know, this is the Michelini Larson years, smack dab, kind of in the middle. Um, Terry Austin inking. Um, you know, Rick Parker, Bob Sharon, a great creative team. This is kind of the the. Right before, I mean, right, I said my first issue was 340, so this story was a story before I got into it, but I very quickly went back and got this one, and I just, I love this story. Um, you know, it's, it's a great cover of the Sinister Six and the Tiny Spider-Man. Um, this whole story is just really, really fun. It it ends on kind of a dumb note um, where uh, the bad guy plot turns into... Dr. Octopus trying, he threatens to cure the world of cocaine addiction because he feels like no one wants that. And that's just, even in a, <laughs> even in a coked out 1990, that seems a little much, <laughs> but, um, but no, this is great. And just to kind of throw it out there, I would definitely give 337, uh, Amazing Spider-Man six out of six claws. Uh, I know Wolverine, not really in it, but just wanted to mention it while we had it. Um, you know, it, this is not a small run that Michelle does on Amazing Spider-Man. No, it's not at all. Kind of crazy, just how big of an impact he as a single writer had. Um, coming out of the '80s, where there were so many like single creator impacts on the character, and then that kind of started to fall apart right around the time that Michelle came on the book. Um, but he came on with issue 290. In 1987, he's the one that had Peter propose to Mary Jane the time that it stuck. He did the wedding for the 1987 <laughs> annual. And then he is writing Amazing Spider-Man all the way up into issue 388 in 1994. So that's seven solid years on the character. Yeah. Dan Slott's coming off of a 10-year run. Yeah, that's pretty This nice guy too. had seven. <laughs> that's pretty so that's crazy. Not, that's not too shabby. Yeah. Well, and, and he got, you know... McFarlane and Larson in their heyday. 
you know, mm-hmm. and so, I mean, that helps for sure, but no, I mean, it's a pretty solid, pretty solid era uh, for Amazing Spider-Man. And he did Rye for Valiant at the same time, which is a great book. Um, I didn't know he wrote that. He wrote the first eight issues of Rye, and then he did uh, uh, the opening run of Hardcore up through issue 16. I'm just looking at his credits right now. I'm like, wow. wow. Uh, he did the first several issues of the first Turok Dinosaur Hunter series. Interesting. Um, I say first, the first one from Valiant, not right, the right. first one from, from no. Dell. The one that well, if you no, want to find, just go to any comic shop in the bargain bin and get that chrome cover. <laughs> 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 there are, I think there may be more copies of that than X-Men number one <laughs> floating around. And then he drops it all to go do Superman over to Action Comics. So, you know, it's a thing. Nice. I think I read a little bit of his action. I don't have much of that. Um, I haven't read any of it yet. I'm get, I'll get to it eventually, but I haven't gotten there yet. Yeah. Well, awesome. But anyways, um, this is not a Spider-Man podcast, but I have been reading Spider-Man through all this, and <laughs> we're right in the era where I was reading as a kid. Yeah. So, or at least I'm right in the era. You're, the, this podcast is getting there, but my reading is a little bit ahead of the podcast, right. and so I'm like right smack in the era of what I read as a kid. It's just like, Oh, I love the Spider-Man. I love the Spider-Man. Plus now I've read all the 360 odd issues of amazing before that now. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it's nice to be able to read things and get references. I didn't understand as a child. I'm really, really interested because I'm not making any promises to myself. I've, I've, I've sworn off swearing. Um, <laughs> but, um, but, um, I'm really interested to see because there's a certain point and and not to, to copycat you because I think I heard you say this on uh, the your Make Arts Marvel as well. And there was a certain point in the early '90s where I just said, "All right, I'm done with Spider-Man." And I'm really uh-huh. interested in to see if in this read through, if I can go a little bit further in and sludge through some of that, and you know, see kind of if it has any any merit, any positive thing to offer. Um, you know, and I, I think it's no. You, you've alluded to it as well, like I said on the other podcast. Um, you know, right around when, when Carnage just goes nuts, um, I was like, mm-hmm. All right, I'm out. <laughs> and um, I don't know. I'm just I'm really curious now to see if I read it any differently or if I'm still just like, oh, this is stupid. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Or if it's oh, this is stupid. I just keep on going anyway because it's Spider Man. I'm worried all of it. Right. Yeah. Who knows? So awesome. But um. Yeah, this was this is a fun story, and I guess I should talk about my show. Yeah, please do. Uh, make our ooh, what's it? I'm going. Um, <laughs> yeah, make ours Marvel is a great show, and watching kind of give the uh, the rundown on what y'all are doing and where people can find you. So every Friday, Mike Kaiser and I release an episode that's us sitting down with some old Marvel comics. Um, we started with Fantastic Four number one, and we've got a little, you know as they came out list that we're going by and we're just talking through them. And our format is not so much cover so many comics in an episode, but we go until we hit the hour mark and we finish that issue that we're talking about. And and that's the episode. So every episode is a little bit over an hour. And um, the idea is to just kind of go through all of the Marvel universe related comics from the 1960s. We um, we record them a lot faster than we're releasing them. So as you're listening to this, there's 
around 10 episodes out there by now. Nice. Um, uh, I think seven is out as a recording. So, you know, this will you know take a little time to get there. They're, they come out every Friday and, um, and we're having a great time. It's a lot of fun there. The comics are not always good, <laughs> um, but we're having a fun time reading them and talking about them. And we try not to be too hard, too hard whenever they're rough around the edges, but we, the idea was that the Marvel universe, the Marvel cinematic universe has been around for 10 years and I've been back in comics for 10 years and Avengers infinity war sort of put the cap on the first 10 years of yeah. the MCU. So everything just felt like celebratory. So we, we, we decided to launch a podcast and maybe nice. we'll go for 10 years. I hope <laughs> every Friday, make ours, Marvel.com of course on iTunes and all the other podcasting things. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And you get my wholehearted endorsement. It's one of my, one of my favorite shows right now. And it is, you know, it's happy coincidence that I'm not too far away from reading that stuff myself. Um, but I think either way it's definitely enjoyable and, you know, it's, it's easy to find a lot of those issues now. Um, you know, in, in today's day and age, you know, you can, you can find digital copies, you can find collected editions, you can get it on Marvel Unlimited, you know, and I'll say, you know, in my 60s read through, I'm coming up towards the end of 66 and there's only been one issue from the uh, Marvel reading order that hasn't been in Marvel Unlimited yet and that was that weird Smash magazine that had that random Hulk story. <laughs> and every, oh. everything else has been in there, so it's been pretty cool that I haven't like missed anything. And that one, you can find all of it on, I mean, people will scan that on the different websites anyway, so. Um. Well, we, um, I have been going off of the collections on Comixology. Nice. So, which is a little bit different than Marvel Unlimited. It's the same, eventually the files that are on Marvel Unlimited end up on Comixology, but not all of them yet. So, right. I have not been able to get the human torch stories from strange tales via comiXology that oh. digital collection does not exist through comiXology yet. So, um, other than that though, um, you, you can, you can, you know, buy and download them from comiXology, the masterworks or the epic collections for Ant-Man, fantastic four, Spider-Man, Hulk, Thor, Iron Man. That's everyone we've done so far. Yeah. <laughs> And Sergeant Fury, we recorded our first Sergeant Fury episode. Oh, this nice, week. nice. So Very we'll see how cool. that I, we 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 do that on Friday. We'll see how it goes with Mike when we get to that one. <laughs> Very cool. Well, yeah. So definitely, guys. Um, I'm sure most most of my listeners have already gone that way. But if you haven't, go give that a listen. It's a it's a really fun show, and um, you can tell that you guys are enjoying it, and that always helps. And Yep, 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 yep. All right. Well, for the podcast that goes snit, of course, you can uh, like the Facebook page. Twitter's at snitcast. Uh, show notes and stuff are at snitcast.podbean.com. Um, next up, I don't actually know, but um, it'll be something cool. <laughs> I'm not exactly sure where this is going to land yet, but um, well, once it's out, there should be some stuff in the works. So, um, And we'll get John back on again soon trying to... This is like the fifth or sixth flashback I've done this year. I'm at, I'm at, at a decent pace again. So, <laughs> yeah, they, they they went away for a while. Now there's like several in my queue I got to listen to. Right. 
<laughs> so I'll try to try to keep that up, and we'll get you back on soon. But um, any closing thoughts, John? Um, I forgot to mention the Twitters. So at Make Ours Marvel, or you can find me my personal Twitter at John Reads Comics with no H. And um, I guess you know. I was going to try to do a cool little make ours Marvel thing, but I, I, I couldn't think of one until <laughs> until Wolverine and Spider-Man both joined the Avengers. There you make go. Make ours Marvel. All right. Awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, until next time, everybody, hugs and snicks. Bye-bye. All right. That was fun. Yes, it was. And snacked. <laughs>